I was in a group of women and we were all talking very openly about all the challenges that people have been facing for the last couple of years. And we found out that the underlying theme there was there's a lot of stress, the high expectations from us as mothers and the disruption it's creating to our lives and also the impact it's having on our well-being. This is the trend and it seems to be getting worse sometimes. But then you might say, okay, doomsday, let's continue in the wallowing of self-pity. But I have to say that even though things like that are happening around and that seems to be the trend, we can create a trend that will improve our well-being even in the midst of all that chaos. I am Dr. Denis. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is where we talk about all things motherhood, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the things that actually make us pick up those tools and tactics and improve our well-being. Because if we don't improve our well-being, we are the ones that suffer. And by form of uh, transmission, our children suffer, our family suffers, our friends suffer, our career suffers, our businesses suffer. And that's the ripple effect that it can have. And that's the reason why your well-being is more important than anyone else's at this point. Burnout is a term that we've come across quite a lot. And it's something that I've experienced as well. So I've read about it, I've heard about it, and I've experienced it too. It can come in many shapes and sizes. And sometimes it's just that last straw that breaks the camel's back. Or you as a mother will know that, oh my goodness, you have been carrying load. You have been going through challenges. You've been going through struggles. And maybe you were just keeping quiet about it. But we don't want to continue that way. There was a day I was feeling really overwhelmed. And this is because I had a deadline at work Oh, sorry, one of my jobs. Okay, have to stress that one up. So one of my jobs, I had a deadline and I had a few meetings in my other job. Then my business, I had to send out a few things to my team to get sorted. Now, you know, when it, when it gets to a point where you need to put the strategic stuff together and then send it to the team and they're waiting for you to get that done, that can be a bit of a hassle. Now, normally that goes around fine. But when you combine that with other things you're doing, that can be a bit of a challenge. Then it so happened that my daughter was not feeling very well and had to be going back and forth to make sure that she is okay and well catered for. And then there was another challenge that was going on at that same time, all in the different aspects of my roles, my many responsibilities. That was a position where I could find myself getting to burnout. And the moment my body was telling me, hey, <laughs> something's going on here, I learned that when my body starts to speak to me, I have to listen. Because some time ago, when my body was whispering, I said, hold on, no, no, we'll do that later. And then it started to scream and shout. And that's when I broke down. That's when I got so exhausted and I felt ill. Thankfully, I did not need hospitalization or medication, but I knew that I needed that rest and I needed that time. So you and I are going to be faced with challenges. We're not going to be because of, because of all the challenges we're facing. Now say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that responsibility anymore. And I'm not going to do that responsibility anymore. 
some of these responsibilities we don't have control over. We cannot say, oh, I'm not doing that anymore just yet. Maybe in the future you can. Maybe when things happen in later, you can. But in the moment, sometimes it's a bit challenging for you to do that. And so for that reason, how do you thrive? How do you now move from a place where you are just surviving? Move from a place where you feel, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Everything is crumbling on top of my head. To a place where you feel, okay, I've got tactics, I've got tools, I've got strategies. So these are the tools and the strategies I was able to use in that situation where I felt everything was just ding, 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 ding in front of me. All right. So first of all, I have to set realistic expectations. And my expectations have nothing to do with anybody else's. You see, the world will set expectations for you. Your spouse will set expectations for you. Your children will set expectations for you. Even strangers will set expectations for you. Your choice is to say, okay, I'll choose that one and I'll choose that one and I reject all the others. And sometimes you might need to just reject everything altogether and just set your own expectations. You know yourself, you know your body, you know your capacity. Go with that. Very importantly, when we set expectations, it's important to know that people will judge us. I've shared this story many times about this man and his son who went out with a donkey. And no matter how they positioned themselves, whether they sat on the donkey together, whether the father was one sitting on the donkey and the son was walking, or the son was on the donkey and the father was walking, or both of them walked beside the donkey, or they both carried the donkey, everybody had something to say. That is the way life is. We need to recognize that people will always have something to say. Whether you take on their expectations and go and follow it to the latter, they will still criticize you. Another set of people, if you do what they want, the other ones will criticize you. Even those people whose expectations you are meeting, they will still criticize you. So you need to set your own expectations and allow yourself to negate the expectations, the impressions, the comments, and the narratives of people around you. Very important for your mental and emotional well-being. The second thing that is very important that I found was to delegate and to ask for help. So in the midst of all these many responsibilities I was doing, I got to a point and I said, okay, so who can do this tool? Who can do that task? Who can put this together? And I started to delegate. And there my plate was lighter. There I knew that, oh, okay, this can be done. And so when you're thinking about delegating, think about who can do this better than me or who can do this cheaper than me. Now I'm talking like a businesswoman. Who can do this at a cheaper rate than me? And then also who enjoys doing this? <laughs> so true. There are some things that you do or that you're meant to do that you don't enjoy doing. I mean, let's, let's, let's say fact. I personally am not very keen on editing videos 
I don't know anybody who is. Maybe you're watching me, you're listening to me, and you say, oh gosh, I love editing videos. You are the kind of person I'll say, hey, <laughs> come edit my videos. But if, for example, you had your pile of things to do, but you needed to write a report or read a book to be able to summarize what the book is about, you might not like to do it, but I love to do that. Pass the book my way. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm like, whoa, there's a book. That's why we have a book club in uh, the Wellbeing for Mothers Club. I will read the book. I will tell you what it is about because I love reading books. So sometimes it's not just about who will do it better or who will do it cheaper. It's also who enjoys doing it because then it doesn't seem like work to them. So those are the kind of people you want to delegate things to. And so whenever you have lots of things on your plate that you know that your body's telling you, hey, you're about to break down or you're about to get stressed out. You need to start thinking of who to delegate what to. Another very important thing is ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Sometimes you will ask people for help and they will make you feel bad. Those are not the kind of people you want to ask for help. The people you want to ask for help from are the people who say, sure, I am here for you. And if you need more help, ask or let me know or just let me know that you need more because I can give you more. You see, we need to be compassionate in this world because each person is going through some challenge. Sometimes we move around and we think everybody's smiley, everybody's looking good. Some people are struggling. I watched an interview with a very prominent um, lady in the tech world. And this woman is, I think, very well known. And she also does like coaching and consulting and she does masterclasses. So this particular interview she was having on a TV show, she was asked a question about how she felt when a particular event happened in her career. And she said she felt devastated. And she was the kind of person who had a calendar was completely full. You know, those kind of people that for you to even get five minutes of their time, you probably need to wait like five months. She was that kind of person. So she then told her personal assistant, don't let anybody enter this room for 15 minutes. And she cried and cried. And when it was done, she put her makeup back on and hit the world. <laughs> she went out and continued to do the things she normally does. The reason why I share that story is that there are many people you see and they're looking great. And you say, oh, they've got it all together. Oh, they're amazing. That's not the fact. They might be going through hell. But what use and what good is it for them to come on social media? Or to go to their office and say, hey, everybody, oh, I'm going through hell. My life is upside down. What is the use? But if they were able to go in their closet and cry, which is such a good tool, because crying is an amazing tool. It gives you clarity. It's like it washes away all the muck that is clouding your vision. And also it lets you release some of the emotional tension that's built up. And then the 
clean their faces, wash their faces, get up, put their makeup on and step out. And they go with the belief that they can conquer anything. That is not faking it. That is living life. Because you only fail when you refuse to get up. If you get knocked down, get up. Was it Muhammad Ali that said this? Get knocked down seven, get up eight. You are meant to know that you, are, you have got so much within you. Asking for help, like that lady, she asked her PA, don't let anybody enter for 15 minutes. But if she was saying nobody should know, even her PA should not know, people would have been able to barge in and disturb her peace. Because this is, not, this is a woman who did not even have five minutes to herself. Now she needed her 15 minutes and she made sure that she asked for help for someone to ensure that. Sometimes you need that. And sometimes you might need professional help. You might need to get in touch with your doctors, get in touch with the psychiatrist, get in touch with a support system. That is important. It is a sign that you have an increased self-awareness. Because when you have an increased self-awareness, guess what? You are more emotionally intelligent than someone saying, ah, no, I'm absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with me. Now, there are some people, and I have to say this because I've come across some of them. There are some people that when they try, they come to you, they appear as if they are ready to help you, but they are there to either laugh at you, criticize you, or cause problems for you. So they come and they say, oh, it looks like you, are, you need some help, but they're not going to help you. They are not. They're just going to broadcast. There are people I call monitoring spirits. They are just there to monitor what you are doing. And when things are going wrong, there'll be ones from the hilltop that will bring up their megaphones and start to scream. This person is struggling. Oh, this person needs help. Oh. Not because they are trying to call for help for you, but because they are trying to say, oh, this person cannot cope. There are some people like that. And there are some people that will tell you that you are not good enough. They are constantly reminding you you are not good enough. Then you need to be aware of these people and stay away. There are some times where we need to adopt these words. A three-word phrase, it is well. I recall there was a biblical story of a lady who she didn't have a son. She didn't have a child. And um, she was quite wealthy. She lived with her family. Her husband was there. And then the prophet of God came and they were able to take care of him and house him. And then when he was leaving, he thought to himself, what do I give this woman? She's really taking good care of us. And his servant said, oh, she doesn't have a child. And so he went to her and prophesied that she will get a child. And she was like, oh, come off it. No, no, I don't think, I mean, how is it possible? But true to the word, she actually had a child. Now, this child was healthy, fine, moving about. But then suddenly, this child fell ill, fell down and died. They took the child and laid the child in, a, in a, the house, apparently in the room where the uh, prophets had been staying when he was staying over at theirs. And everybody that kept asking this woman, is everything okay? As she was trying to get herself from her home to where the prophet was, 
she said to them, it is well. They'll say, her husband said, is everything okay? It is well. Went to across the road, is everything okay? It is well. Even the servant of the prophet said to her, ha, is everything okay? <laughs> because of course, when the servant saw she was approaching, the prophet told the servant, ask her if everything is okay. Go and meet her and ask if everything is okay. And he did that. And she said, it is well. When she finally got in front of the prophet, she said, I didn't ask you for a son. Now my son is dead. You see, there are sometimes we need to say it is well to all the people that are doing the monitoring just to know information. Because the person who we are led to ask for help from, we will tell them, this is what I'm going through. So there are certain times we need to be very discerning because not everybody who is asking, are you okay, is actually interested in whether you are okay or not. I'm not trying to make you skeptical. I'm trying to make you aware because there were a few members of my community who, when they joined the community, they said to me, oh my goodness, I have been struggling. And I joined many communities and there were times when I was told, I was asked, are you okay? And I poured my heart out of what I was going through and they got criticism from the members of that community. And I thought to myself, why would you criticize someone so badly? Oh, you did this wrong. You should have done it like this. Guess what? Knowing what that person knew at the time when they made those decisions, that's the best they could do. If you were placed in that situation, you probably would have done worse. And so we need to be very aware that not everybody understands our journey, but also not everybody will empathize with you and direct you and support you on your journey. So be very mindful. And so when it comes to managing all these activities and all these stresses that are coming, we need to set clear areas and I call them sacred spaces because when you have made an intention that you want to live a life of peace, of calm, of joy, of gratitude, there will be negative words spoken to you. There will be negative attitudes directed at you. People will bring their negative energy and try to pollute your space. You can put up your boundaries and say, hey, you see this space? This is my sacred space. And do not let them in. I recall having a meeting with some people, and one particular person was a little bit on the, oh, I don't know, I don't know, things I don't know, I don't know. Ha ha. Say something positive. <laughs> I mean, nobody knows the future, but we can project that. We want the future to be bright. And because we want the future to be bright, we can take steps to make that future bright. But no, the person just kept emanating negative emotions. I guess, you know, I just shut off and said, okay, well, my future is going to be bright. I have no, I have no um, say or control over what you want your own future to be. Sometimes you need to put it that way. Sometimes you need to relocate, move your own space such that these negative and self-limiting or this limiting words and energies don't affect you. Because you see, we, you and I, are driven by 
emotions. Emotion is energy in motion. We've said that before. And when you have the emotions that are driving you towards guilt, and that's one big one that we all um, go through as mothers, fear, hopelessness, sadness, depression, those kind of emotions are not the ones you want to have. If someone is radiating all those kind of things and you are saying, hey, I don't want that. I want gratitude. I want love. I want joy. I want peace. You need to make sure that they're not in that vicinity to be emanating and radiating those things to you. So tap into your own practice of gratitude. Tap into your own practice of love for you. And that leads us to the next one. Remember yourself. Self-love is not selfish. I'm going to say that again. Self-love is not selfish. You and I need to show ourselves, show our children, show people around how they need to treat us with love. We need to be aware that if we continue to put ourselves as second fiddle, third fiddle, the final fiddle, people will treat us that way. So what do you want to show? What do you want to express? Take your time off. If you're a working mother, you have annual leave. Why are you carrying over annual leave from last year to this year? When you know that you, except maybe you want to, I don't know, take one month off or three months off in the following year. When you need a break, take a break. When you need a break, take a break. Because as rugged as we are, and I have to say rugged, you know why? Because mothers, we just have a way of just doing and doing that. We never get tired. No wrong, we do get tired. We just, but we're so used to doing so much and we only stop when we burn out, when we are forced to. So right now, prioritize your self-care. Prioritize your me time. Whether it's a moment away from everybody, it's a weekend away, whether it is um, time of work where you just go and play or an evening with friends, that is your time off. That is your self-care time. It could just be you booked a, a 30 minute back massage or a 15 minute head massage, whatever that is. These are things. Now you might be saying, oh, Dr. Dini, you're saying all these things, I have to spend money for them. Okay, you know what? Go for a 15 minute walk. You don't have to pay money to anybody to go for a walk. Go for a walk. But that time is your time for you. Sometimes you can put that walk into your work time. For example, you have a lunch break. Your lunch break, I don't know, is uh, 30 minutes or maybe uh, 45 minutes, whatever that is. Carve out some time there to actually just go for a walk and just forget about work for that period. Just go for that walk. Forget about work and just breathe. Enjoy every bird you see, chirping you hear, leaves you see. Just appreciate your existence in that space at that time. It is so therapeutic, I have to say. I've tried that before. Oh my God, it is mind-blowing. Then another very important thing we need to note is whenever we are wanting to do things, making sure that everybody says, congratulations, oh, well done, we cannot do without you. Don't forget, if you want to get things done, you give it to a busy person. 
When you have gotten something done, don't postpone your celebration. Celebrate there and then. I have done this. Ho, ho, wonderful. Have a dance if you want. Throw a party if you want. Okay, maybe you don't want to throw a party. But seriously, celebrate it. Do you know why? Because you will say, oh, I will do it after. And then when the after comes, another task is put on your plate because they know that you are a person that gets things done. They will give you another task, whether it's your family, your work, your business. Somebody is going to give you a task and then you go, okay, okay, let me focus, let me focus, let me do this. At the end of the day, you don't celebrate your wins. And you know the thing about it is that when we celebrate our wins, science and evidence has shown that the release of chemicals that are flowing through our body whenever we celebrate, whenever we acknowledge ourselves, improves our well-being, reduces stress, improves our mood. And isn't that what we want? When your stress levels are too high, that's what leads to burnout. When it's persistently high, it leads to burnout. It gets you exhausted. You can't have any energy because you're just like, oh, it's constantly empty. And so you need to refuel. You need to have those constant injections. <laughs> okay. Now, I remember there was a time when there was this game called Candy Crush. I don't know how many of you remember Candy Crush. Candy Crush was a game that was termed to be very addictive. Why? Because at some point during the game, you hear, pick you, pick you. there were so many rewards and there were dings and dangs and everything to make you aware that you have gotten a reward. Do you know that when these rewards were coming, there were chemicals that were released within you? Those were the things that were exciting you. Oh, wow, I got this. Wow, wow, this is amazing. We need to do that for ourselves so that we are not addicted to a drug, addicted to a game, addicted to an activity that can be detrimental to us. This is a choice we make, and you and I can make that together. Burnout is not something we need to condone. It's not something we need to just persist in. And of course, because we cannot just suddenly drop, oh, you know what? From now on, I, not, I cease to become a mother. Ew, no, <laughs> motherhood is a lifetime journey. <laughs> I remember even my grandmother, when she was 100, she was worried about her children. Oh, what's happening with this child? What's happening to that child? Have you eaten today? What? Your children are already grandparents. What are you worried about? That is something about motherhood. So please, you need to remember you. You need to take care of you. Self-care is not selfish. When you fill your cup, you will have more than enough to point to the cup of people you come across. I hope you found some use in today's session. I hope this is speaking to you. And perhaps you're listening to me and you're like, oh my goodness, I know somebody who will benefit from it. Please share. Don't forget to subscribe, download, share this episode, and please leave a review. I am Dr. Duny, and I look forward to connecting with you again. Until then, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.